0: ParkPal is a companion iPhone app for trips to Disneyland Paris. You can check live attraction wait times, find out schedules for shows, character meet and greets and parades. You can see restaurant opening hours, menus and prices and you can scan in your fast passes and set reminder alerts. ParkPal is available for free from the App Store. Action! <laughs> Welcome to Torn Snubs, the trash movie podcast with me, Robert Gershenson, photographer and creative director of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and Joshua Winning, the greatest film critic you've never heard of. We've all heard of you. And we're going to the movies. Joshua and I have a big old shared film knowledge and there's always gaps that need to be filled. So in this episode, Joshua has recommended that I watch a movie I've not yet seen. For this episode, you decided I should watch 2016's The Birth of a Nation. Right, so The Birth of a Nation is a 2016
1: film. It actually premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in January 2016. And it's uh, Nate Parker, he's an actor, it's his directorial debut. And uh, it's about Nat Turner, which is nice and confusing. Really confusing. Set in 1831. It's about the slave rebellion in Virginia. And he um, basically, you know, witnesses all of this awful... uh, injustice against uh slaves and black people and so he ends up leading an uprising against slavery. Boom.
0: Couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> what was the reaction at Sundance at the time?
1: Um so the reaction at Sundance was huge. It was uh it was a very divisive film. People either seemed to love it or hate it. Um and it actually set a record because it was bought uh by fox searchlight at sundance for 17.5 million Mm dollars which i think is the biggest sale ever to come out of sundance yeah i think Um, 10 years
0: before had been little miss sunshine for 10
1: right and i think something else sold for
0: 12 as well like happy texas i think happy texas sold for 12 but these are like yeah silly money for one film 17.5 for this film is crazy
1: it came out uh, at the perfect time, because it was during the whole oscar 's so white controversy, and here was a film that was championing black voices and mm. black lives and um, it it kind of hit that zeitgeist and everyone got caught up in it what What did you think about the film?
0: Oh, god um, I think the story's a really important story i don't i don 't think America maybe white america likes to admit too much these days that yes they own slaves and it was legal it was constitutionally allowed to own another human being and a lot of them had been kidnapped from the north of america or kidnapped from um, african parts of the, the world and, and shipped over en mass so for a film that was then taken into the hollywood system which is predominantly run by white people to be sold for $17.5 million. I think it's a really positive thing that this story was being given the, the platform that it rightly deserves. The only problem is it's a really cheap movie that cost $17.5 million uh, for Fox Searchlight. It feels like a mid-1990s Hallmark Channel biopic.
1: I mean, it wasn't a cheap film to make. It was $8.5 million that they put into this, you know, budget-wise. Um, so it, I don't remember it looking cheap. It's bizarre. It, it it's
0: no, not, not looking cheap. Ah. It, I mean, it, visually, it looks like, you know, like any studio picture out there. Yeah. But the way it's constructed, the way that the the, the grammar, the way that the shots are composed, the way that the, the edit is is put together, it feels like TV. It doesn't feel like a film. Mm. It felt like TV movie of the week in the mid-90s. Like a Danielle Steele type, <laughs> type of affair. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anyone getting their teeth busted out <laughs> with a Danielle Steele <laughs> film. It's almost like the epitome of a first-time director. Yeah. Who absolutely. hadn't directed even a short film beforehand. It was like he was learning as he was going on. And unfortunately, I think that has a negative impact on the film. It's almost like the story is not done justice. It's Mm. almost like he betrayed the story because he didn't know how to tell it visually. He didn't know how to structure this film. The final battle is barely a battle. It's a scuffle in a backyard. Yeah. I wanted a bigger battle. These, these slaves had had, have so much resentment and so much anger and rightly so and it's built up inside of them and it's built up inside of him, the main character. And the only time we really, we see him let loose and let it bubble up and boil over and explode is when he's preaching really loudly mm. that kind of gives the other slaves the idea that, oh, he's not here to oppress us. He's here to empower us. But then when it comes to the actual battle scene, it's over in a flash, literally, Literally over in a flash. And then almost... But it's extremely
1: violent as well. Like I don't think it is. I, f- I found it quite shockingly violent. But, but given what the film had been before, I don't know, I just found it really... I mean, the film is extremely violent the whole way through. Um, but I just found it quite shocking, the
0: whole end sequence. But we don't see much of the violence. A lot of the violence is hinted at and then happens off camera. The rape of his wife... Even at one point, a character reaches down below the frame level to chop someone's head off and then pulls it up into frame and then it cuts very, very quickly. Hmm. If we're comparing it, and I know I always wonder whether you, you should compare films, but I think in this case it's relevant. 12 Years a Slave was made by a filmmaker who is a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He understands the grammar of film, he understands how to tell a story visually, and he has a personal style. And the violence, and the anger, and the 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 setting in that film was so fully well realised that it was incredibly shocking. Django Unchained, incredibly violent, but we expect that from Quentin Tarantino. But it is very shocking when in Django Unchained, when the the slave is is mauled to death by a dog, you believe that that's happening. You it affects you. In this film. I think the exclusion of the violence undermined the fact that they were living in very violent times, that you could, if you wanted to, as a white man, shoot a black slave in the head and not go to prison for it. Mm. There was nothing in this movie that made me think these people are in any danger. Obviously, I know my history. Yes, I know they were in danger, but there's nothing in this movie telling me so.
1: Okay. I don't remember that at all. I remember it being quite, quite
0: full on. Was that because you were wrapped up in the whole Maybe I was Sundance up thing? In the
1: Sundance cozy hug. I don't know. <laughs> I remember it being really shocking and upsetting.
0: Let's talk about Nate Parker. Mm. Do you think that he gave a performance that is worthy of the film? I thought he was decent.
1: Yeah, I thought he he captured that kind of that that real sense of injustice and and hopelessness um, and and when he kind of turned around and became a hero or well, kind of a hero um yeah i thought i thought he was decent like i thought he was watchable i didn't think he was mind blowing oscar nominate you know oscar nomination worthy um but i thought he was decent enough yeah
0: yeah i thought he was decent enough i didn't think he was anything to write home about mm. um i think it would have been better if a better more accomplished actor had taken this role and if he just left himself as director Mm -hmm. maybe he would have had more time to construct the shots and find a voice that way i think it's a case of he's done too much he's a jack of all trades and he's a master of nothing (laughs) in this film um i thought army hammer kind of maybe
1: stole the film a little bit
0: didn't even know it was army hammer
1: no well there you go that's why didn't even know it was army hammer
0: until i was reading about it on wikipedia and they were like and it was talking about when people signed onto the film It said, Army Hammer signed on to the film. And I expected it to say, and then he dropped out. But it didn't. <laughs> I was like, was Army Hammer in that film? Who was he? Yeah. Oh, no, he, he was he sad. Had real,
1: he's had a real resurgence in kind of the indie, indie world in the past couple of years.
0: Well, he's done nothing since the the social network, has he? What? Has he what's he done?
1: He was in The Lone Ranger, he was in Man from Uncle.
0: Did anyone see those movies? Well exactly. <laughs> so he, he kind of <laughs>
1: He kind of flunked out of the blockbusters and now he's had a real resurgence in indie films.
0: When I first saw The Social Network, I didn't even know that he wasn't a twin.
1: That's how good Fincher is.
0: For this film, do you think it helped that um, all the actors were pretty much unknowns?
1: I think so. Yeah, because it's one of those things where you just become absorbed into the story of the characters rather than, oh, look at Oprah Winfrey doing a great job or, you know, Nicole Kidman or whatever. Yeah, I think... I think it does work in its favour.
0: Because that was... I've only seen the first 20 minutes of uh, Lee Daniels of The Butler. Um, oh, I've never seen that, actually. Oh, but it feels like an SNL sketch because there's all these <laughs> famous faces. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but at least with this, yeah, it didn't feel like an SNL sketch. It just felt like a TV movie. Yeah. When the film was released, or at least in the run-up to the release, there was a lot of controversy around um, Nate Parker and a, and a 1999 rape case that he was a defendant in yes and it completely undermined the movie people boycotted the film um, do you think it's fair even
1: the actress she boy- boycotted yeah one well. of the actresses yeah
0: do you think it's fair for external things like that to influence a film or should a film stand on its own oh god that's a tricky
1: issue it's like the Mel Gibson kind of thing isn't it where yeah. you kind of think should this guy really be making films now after all the stuff that's come out um i think audiences have very short memory spans maybe or very i can't imagine they're that forgiving because it's you know you can't really forgive somebody who's been accused of rape i mean he was was acquitted acquitted. he was he was acquitted
0: twice in fact yeah so
1: it it does feel a bit like a big hoo-ha blown out of proportion um so uh, yeah i mean it does if it I wonder if if it had been a better film if the film would have risen above that actually. Mm. Um it did feel a bit. It just did feel a bit like gossip, kind of just getting churned up. Yeah. Um I think the the reason it was it became a big issue is because he he had shot this rape scene in in The Birth of a Nation. And so people oh, but that obviously barely. Means, well it happens off screen. It makes people feel very you know as it should do, it makes people feel very uncomfortable. Um and I think people just kind of the fact that he had had this case brought against him and then acquitted it—it it added to
0: the story somehow. Um, Just pointing out that the the true story that the film is based upon, there was no rape in the true story. They put that in, right? That was the because they needed they needed a a trigger mm. for this guy to essentially think I need to get out of here. I need to start a rebellion. Yeah. Um. But I, I think you're right. If the film was better, I don't think. Um I, th- it I think it
1: sunk like that. It just sunk out of view, you know, it, nothing happened with it really.
0: Well I, ju- I just think that the the
1: What am I trying to say? It was released it was released in the US and it only made sixteen million dollars. Yeah,
0: which doesn't even cover the, the 17 and a half. I think if the film was better, it obviously would have maybe have done more in word of mouth. But regardless of the the rape allegations and all that controversy I I don't think that has too much of an impact on a film when the film is as bad as this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Judgment has been passed.
0: <laughs> well, even if, if you just take all of that out, it's still not a very good movie. Yeah. It's it's like a it's a one time movie. I mean, I I don't think I would ever really watch this again. I didn't really feel that. Inspired. I mean, normally you would feel like like pent up and you know like inspired and like fist pump. It, it's like a joyful ending, or you just think. A complete injustice i must do something that makes you angry think makes you sad or angry or happy it makes you do something it evokes an emotion i was just glad that you know it was over and i was pissed off that i'd paid four quid on itunes for this
1: i um i don't know by the end i was i was very kind of torn about the whole thing i felt that these stories should be told um they are important and and uh it's great that there was an opportunity for people to, you know, for this to be made. I think that's great. But I was very conflicted about, uh, you know, the ending. I felt that yes, it's based on a true story, but I did, does, does violence beget violence, you know, and is, is the only way of overthrowing an oppressor violence? I don't know. I don't, I genuinely don't know the answer. Um, but I found it quite unsettling and, uh, yeah, it made me feel very conflicted.
0: Well I think in terms of the real story, maybe that was the only option they had.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I completely believe that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I don't know what it says about the the thing that concerned me was thinking about the current climate of the world. Yeah. And thinking, you know, should we only be fighting back with violence? Is there another way? You know, we you know, the whole we don't um we don't enter into a conversation, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. That's all well and good, but when you're killing civilians instead, um, what does that say about us? Yeah. Um, and I just fear that, yes, this happened in the in the um, late eighteen hundreds, and yes, that that was a way for them to be heard and and uh, and to kind of rise above this terrible oppression. But what does it say about current current affairs?
0: It made me want to rewatch, and I did actually rewatch. 13th the documentary I've not seen that Phenomenal Talks about how the 13th constitution makes it illegal to own slaves unless the person is in prison so then it talks about how um, the American legal system and the the establishment would then um, concentrate on making a lot of black and Latino and people of colour prisoners just so they can use them um, as slaves and it comes all the way up to the 70s and nowadays with the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. So it's it's phenomenal. I think it's a lot more respectful to those kind of stories than The Birth of a Nation. Even mm. the title has yeah. been stolen, The Birth of a Nation. Well, it, it not in it a particular stolen... clever way. It just flips it.
1: It was stolen in a way that... Just to to explain redress... where it's stolen from. So it was sto- stolen. It was appropriated... From uh, a D.W. Griffiths 1915 movie, um, which was adapted from Thomas Dixon Jr.'s kind of pro-clan novel, *The Leopard Leopard Spots and the Klansmen*, which actually screened at the White House, which is pretty shocking. Mm. Um, So Nate Parker appropriated the title of D.W. Griffith's notoriously racist film um, in order to give a true, truer version of events and a, uh, you know less racist most them, at least. but there's
0: there's no there's no connection other than that the stories no, are not just the same title
1: yeah yeah and i think that's a great idea i think why why not take back the power you know eradicate that film completely by creating another film using that title
0: it's just a shame that the film that he created isn't up to snuff so that's the birth of a nation directed by nate parker Join the conversation, tweet us your thoughts and reviews to act torn stubs, even if you're listening to this way after we've released this episode. Also, sharing is caring, so share the
1: podcast with everyone you know and love, and even if you hate them, maybe just share it. Mainly,
0: to the people you hate. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And rate us, we love a five-star rating. We're off to go do some preaching, until next time, I remain Robert Gershenson. I'm Joshua Winning. Cut.